Hey everybody, you are listening to the Vocal Advancement Podcast and I am one of your hosts, Tom, and I'm with the lovely Heather. Kiora. Hey, and where in the world is Kiora from? <laughs> <laughs> well, Kiora is the Maori word for hello. Oh. So we're in that part of the, the world. Which I, part I, of the world is that? Well, kind of Australia area. Okay. Australia, New Zealand, and that sort of part of the world. Nice, I've never been. Well, I have. I was, I was just talking to Tom before, I was saying my, my sister's recently moved back to the UK after having lived in Australia for 15 years. And my niece, who was born in Australia, was filling me in on all sorts of stuff. I mean, they learn an awful lot about Maori culture in the schools in Australia. Mm. Uh, very interesting. They, they go on camps and things and learn how to cook in the traditional Maori way. They were baking fish and clay and stuff. Amazing. Oh, wow. Yeah, I know. Sounds lovely. I'm like, best school trip my kids ever went on was to the local fish and chip shop to learn how to make chips. <laughs> <laughs> and that is, there lies the difference between <laughs> British schools and the rest of the world. <laughs> Not quite as healthy, is it, as a fish in a clay pot? <laughs> no, exactly. They literally walked down the road to the chip shop. <laughs> yeah, brilliant. My daughter still talks about it now. That was like four years ago. That makes me think that the teacher forgot they were having a school outing. It's like, crap, what do we do? Oh, there's a chip shop. <laughs> yeah, it was just cheap. They, could, they didn't have to buy a coach but, or a bus or, oh, or yeah. to take them somewhere. They could walk down the road, <laughs> go to the chip shop. Because they also did another, another trip in the same year to the farm that's literally we walk past on our way to school every day <laughs> to see cows being milked. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but there we go. So uh, what have you been up to recently, Tom? I've been get busy getting ready for our conference. It's coming up, the Teachers Conference EvaCon, or IvaCon, if you prefer. Oh, uh, that's a bit of contention within our I teachers, know. isn't it? Is I it EvaCon? Is it IvaCon? <laughs> Either way, it's going to be fabulous. Eight days. We were finalising our schedule this morning with uh, one of the master teachers. So there's some exciting stuff in there that I was looking <gasps> that at. That is exciting. This is news I don't know about. Yes, have have sure. we announced any of our guest speakers for this conference yet? We're just about to start announcing them. So we have some, some nice people coming in. Maybe exactly. drop some names, perhaps. Yeah, well, I think we might have to because, yeah. you, know, you know, tease people, listen to the podcast, you'll get a sneak preview. I know. <laughs> but I'm going to have to open it first to remember who they are. To remember who's doing what. <laughs> so we've got... Well, our conference is all online this year, isn't it? That's Which right, Which means yeah. anyone can attend from anywhere just by, you know, rolling out of bed and turning the computer on, which is exactly. always nice. No yeah. need to put any smart clothes on, pyjama bottoms, and you're all good. As long as you're good from, like, you know, mid-waist up. <laughs> Shoulder up, you're all good. It's yeah. Cool. <laughs> but we've got them running in different time zones, haven't we? So we've got one in kind of a UK-ish time zone, well, European time zone. One That's in right. That's more friendly for Australia, Asia sort of time zones and one that's more friendly for American time zones. Have I got that right? Yeah. Yeah. We're trying to cater for all of our teachers this year. So because we're spread across so many areas, like it's very hard to find times that will work for everybody, you know, without somebody having to sit up in the middle of the night. So, yeah, we're doing um, West Coast America time. We're doing Australia, Asia time like mid-afternoon onwards for them and then we're doing uh, UK and Australia time because that seems to marry up quite nicely us in Australia so yes it's gonna be good but we've got some we've got some lovely speakers I'm looking forward to so Kerry Obert is coming back to talk to us again which we're excited about yes we all love Kerry and um, we've got Marcy Rosenberg she's coming back as well she's going to be doing a lecture on motor learning skills which Excellent. is very interesting and very keen to see that one. Uh, and then we've got some new stuff coming up. So we try and give our teachers, you know, all of the core IVA stuff that we do, but we also try and add in other complementary skills that we feel, you know, kind of exist in the bubble of being a singing teacher, you know, so things that either directly help with your business or, you know, like psychology skills or stage fright, performance anxiety kind of stuff. And so uh, we have a lovely presentation coming up on social media from IBE's mm. very own social media consultant, Tom Miner, who runs a business called Goldminer Digital. So he's going to be doing a social media presentation, which is always my favorite thing, you know, marketing yes. and all that. 
Love it. Always I mean, useful to get tips on that side of things. It is, yeah. And he works with some huge brands around the world and has worked for some huge companies around the world doing social media, you know. So that is a, a wealth of gold, a wealth of mm -hmm. a gold mine of information for people. Oh my. Yeah. Do you like how I dropped that in there? Gold miner digital. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I completely missed that. <laughs> but I appreciate it now. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and then we've also got Dr. Nina Krauss coming in to do presentation oh, for us as well. Mm -hmm. And then we have lots of other guest speakers coming up in our other conferences, but you'll have to listen to the next episode to find out more about those. <gasps> oh, I love it. Teaser. Yeah. Teaser. <laughs> no, we get people to listen to part two. <laughs> so speaking of guest speakers, we recently had... Uh, our guest on the podcast today, Dr. Ginevra, come in and do a class um, all about vocal health for children, which we was did, fascinating. Yeah, yeah. and um, we had a lovely chat with her, didn't we? We did. We went so, down many um, rabbit holes. We did. I was going to say, I we covered a, a fair few topics, and she's very wise. She's been, I'm sure she won't mind me saying, she's been around for a while she knows her stuff she does she's explored a lot of stuff you know she worked hard on her um her phd which was all on children's voices she's kind of become the expert in that realm um and also then does an awful lot of work with vocal health um so yeah lots of fascinating things that, that i mean we could have again she's one of those people we could have talked to for hours and hours and hours and we had to try and stop ourselves from going down little rabbit holes i know i know <laughs> It's so hard when it comes to the editing because it's just like everything's so interesting. It you don't want to miss any of it out, but also you don't want people to be sitting for like three hours. <laughs> no, I'm trying to keep it as succinct as we can, yeah. keep to the good bits. Like a car journey length. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Or a dog walk. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So let's talk to Ginevra and see what she's got to yeah. say, shall we? Let's do that. Welcome, Dr. Ginevra. I'm going to use your full title because that's what you've put on your thing. <laughs> <laughs> I've got it's it. Well, I yeah. Do yes. you, well, I'm exactly, too right. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of work mm -hmm. that goes into getting that doctor. You want to make sure everyone yeah. uses it. Too right. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, yeah, welcome to our podcast. Thank you so much for coming and chatting to us today. Um, so, we just wanted to start off by asking a little bit about your history, your background, and what kind of led you to where you are today and what you're focusing on now. So you delivered a workshop for us, which was on, you know, the vocal health of child singers. Um, and I know those kind of two worlds are big kind of specialisms of yours that you've kind of joined together there. So maybe enlighten us why... Why children and why vocal health? Why are those the things that, you know, kind of rock your boat? Mm. Well, I think in life we don't necessarily choose where we're going. We, we go where the openings are, mm -hmm. uh, which is why I'm a great fan of just following your instinct and follow your heart. And if your gut says, yeah, I'm going to enjoy this, then do it. And if your gut's saying, this isn't for me, then don't. Uh, so I've uh, I have a, an accidental journey, mm. and sometimes the best follow, ones. <laughs> follow <laughs> the happy accidents all the way along. I think you end up somewhere where you feel you belong, where you're able to contribute and follow your passions. Mm -hmm. So my passion for health and healing is probably the oldest one. Like I come from a family of doctors and I was mm -hmm. sort of set on a path to do that as well. And then suddenly at the last minute said, oh, no, no, there's, there's too much learning. I've seen <laughs> my brothers, you know, do all that learning to get exams. And I'm not into that. I'm, you know, I'm not good at it, actually. <laughs> so I didn't do all the learning. And uh, so I kind of sidestepped and did biology instead, which is fascinating. Mm -hmm. I loved it, but actually what I loved even more was jumping about on stage. So I then 
did another shift to training. I did a music degree in the end and trained to be an opera singer. Okay. And that was great fun. Did years of, of singing, you know, wigs and makeup and uh, all of those delights. <laughs> all the fun stuff. And, yeah. and working as a team, you know, that wonderful feeling of when you're working on a production together in a team and you're just at your most creative because you're finding meaning in the score, in the, the libretto. You're working out who you are and who the people that you're with are. And it's, it is just magical and wonderful, actually, mm. that process of putting together a show. That sense as well community. as the physical, the physical thing of singing mm. and yeah. the music and, you know. So that, that was all wonderful. Loved that. Um, it was a mixed journey, though with the demons of performance anxiety and judgment and perfectionism and all of those things, which come and, and um, roar at you every now and then. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, and then teaching. And I'd always taught as well, because it's a, a useful way. When I was studying, it was the way I supported myself through college, whereas by teaching, uh, once I'd outgrown you know in the early days i was cleaning cleaning offices and cleaning toilets and doing those jobs and waitressing and you know which those jobs that i think every human needs to do oh yeah just to like learn how the world works mm -hmm. and respect people who carry on doing those jobs because we'd be a bit stuck without it Absolutely. Um, so i i then you know went into teaching useful actually rather liked it came back to do teaching when i Obviously, when you're working for a full time for an opera company, you can't teach at the same time, but then came back to do a bit of both and ended up completely accidentally teaching choristers at Westminster Abbey. Not oh. my plan, but it just I was just asked to do it. And I said, you're all right. Give it a go. Wow. <laughs> um, was that just a case of you happen to know the right person at that moment in time? Yeah. 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 My uh, ex-teacher was asked to do it, and she didn't have time. She said, do you want to do it? And I said, uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh -huh. And then, so the other lucky thing that I've got into is being ahead of the game. Yeah, it's being being the expert, where the expert is actually just one page ahead in the book. Okay. So I became <laughs> the expert in boy choristers' voices because no one else was doing it. So mm -hmm. by by the nature of just doing it, I became the expert and then sort of carved out a little path for myself doing that. And that, of course, generated lots of questions and got to the point where no one could answer the questions. No one had published anything about it. I wanted to know whether intensive training of children was doing them a favour or whether it was actually impacting on their health. It's a really important question. A mm. really important question. And no one had answered it. And, and a lot of people weren't very keen on me asking it. <laughs> in case I found Staring out the something. Mm. You know, we've been doing mm. this for 500 years. Don't, don't come and rock the boat. Mm -hmm. Um, so I, I did, um, lay myself open a bit with that one because I didn't know what the answer was going to be. And so what did um, you conclude? But well, actually I found out that the boys, for, so this is only ever the groups that I looked at here. No research is, is absolute fact. It is mm. just the, the, the groups that I looked at, I found that the, the boys who trained really intensively, had the healthiest voices. Okay. All um, right. Overall, they had high, <laughs> yeah, a high <laughs> level of sort of low level tiredness. So they were a bit, a bit knackered a lot of the mm -hmm. time, but very few of them escalated beyond that. 
whereas the kids who weren't training so intensively were much more disparate and had, you know, a lot of them had quite high levels of, of um, problems in their voices because kids do, because it wasn't actually anything to do with the singing. It's all to do with other things being a kid, you know, yeah, anxieties and stuff. Because how much training do they actually have to go through for that kind to be able to sing like that and then sustain it? Lots. So the the, the boys that I was researching were at um, St Paul's Cathedral in London, and their workload is between twenty and twenty five hours a week of singing. Wow, that's yeah. incredible of singing, and they do school on top of that. Right. Wow. That's like more than a West End performer would do nine shows a week, isn't it? Not quite. No, I'm the, the hours, because that includes the rehearsal time. It includes the, you know, the, the waiting around time. Um, uh, it's not 25 hours of, of actual singing because, right. you know, when you're on stage, you're not actually singing all the time. Hmm. Um, but that's, to put it in context, when I was time. working full time for Welsh National Opera, that was a 30 hour full time contract. Right. And then you could go and sleep for the rest of the time. You didn't have to go to school. <laughs> no, I mean, I did other work, you know, I was singing here, there and everywhere and doing other things. But, <laughs> but that was considered full time work for an adult. And adults are more robust. Mm. Yeah. So it's a huge amount. It is a huge amount. And, and I think at times it's too much, you know, at, at times when they've mm. got, for example, you know, the big festivals, Christmas and Easter, there's a lot more going on. Um, if they've got a recording project happening and they're doing, you know, long sessions. So it was on the edge of, is this safe? Is this not safe? Yeah. And, they, they, they were regulating. They were self-regulating. They were pacing their voices. They, they know pretty much what they're doing on a, on a kind of in, instinctive level. Because when you're singing all the time, you have a really good sense of what pushes you into fatigue, what pushes you into a state where, oh, not so good. Better mm -hmm. not do that. Better pull back from that pacing yourself and we do so much of that instinctively absolutely um, you know trust trust yourself trust your your body trust your instinct that will tell you more than anything and when it goes wrong is when we are being pressured into doing things mm -hmm. um, which it's happens when a we lot are, in show business yeah. mm -hmm. Um, or pressuring ourselves, pushing ourselves more uh, because we're worried, we're, you know, we're worried about being seen to fail. We're worried about letting people down. We're worried about where the next mm. job's coming from. We're worried. There are so many concerns that make us push beyond that kind of safe limit. And you only yeah. know where your limits are but when you overstep them. Right. See, so you've got to, you've got to. But hopefully you learn from mess that, up. right? Yeah. You yeah. hope you've that, to, you know, one, to... one instance of overstepping and then you know where the boundary is for you. Like yeah. next time, I think stay it's a step actually behind. more like several. It's yeah. several instances of overstepping. <laughs> for some people, oh, definitely. That's a lot on the shoulder of, you know, young kids to, to be yeah. dealing with that as well as everything else, this, you know, school and just being kids too. Wow. Like, that's it. it and and where does that fit with like child labor laws? I mean, because I only asked well, because when I was a kid, I was I was in Joseph. <laughs> As you do, first professional gig. I'm in Joseph now, <laughs> 10 years old. But we were only allowed to do four shows a week. Mm. So they had two teams of kids that they they swapped from night to night so that we weren't singing more than four shows a week. Yeah. Well, the cathedral music world slips just outside that law because it's education. Oh, oh interesting. as part of their school, part of their education. Right. 
Okay. So when those kids go outside and do a job outside as the, the, you know, the soloist, the child soloist in this concert or whatever, which they do a lot. And that was another part of my work was chaperoning them. And, um, and actually, you know, the chaperoning is not just keeping an eye on the time and saying, excuse me, maestro, but you're going to have to finish this rehearsal in 10 minutes because, you know, the child needs to, to stop. Um, it's also really keeping an eye on their welfare and mm. balancing the, the, the fun of being out and about with a whole load of adults performing professionally, you know, when they're invited to the party after the concert. And you think this is going to be, they're going to have the time of their life going to this party with all these superstars. And yes, of course the answer is yes, but I'm going to come with you and I'm going to watch you like a hawk the whole time. <laughs> I'm going to make sure. <laughs> yeah. That nothing untoward happens and that nobody says anything they shouldn't say. And, you know, so there's, there is mm -hmm. this balance of, of looking after them, which is really, really important. Yeah. We all need an advocate. And, you know, mm. as adults, I think we all need, we need somebody to look after us, don't we, often? When you're in the middle of, yeah. of a performing environment, it's very difficult to step back and regulate the rehearsal schedule and regulate whether the costumes are right for you and regulate whether you like the artificial smoke that's coming at you and whether, you know, all of those Oh, there's always the fear of coming across as a diva, isn't there, as well? Mm. I can't say anything. They might think I'm a right diva. Yeah, yeah. But, you yeah. know, sometimes you have to be a diva. I often tell my students, go be a diva. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yes, I mean, you can do it politely. Yeah. You can do it politely. Or, or not. Uh, but... <laughs> <laughs> i just say how it is. <laughs> But it's very important that somebody stands up for you and somebody is there saying, you know, this this actually could be could be changed, could be better. Right. Um, because ultimately we all want the best out of the performer. Mm. So that's where mm. my world of children and health and looking after singers all sort of ties in together those passions and interests and um coupled with my background in medical health yeah i should ask do all your family take the mickey out of you for your doctorate because you're not a proper doctor <laughs> well do you get that do yeah. they tease you like that um actually no they're quite respectful they're not oh they're very nice they're quite respectful of the fact that that mine was probably more work than theirs was. <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> yeah. It's a very different journey, isn't it? It is. It is. Um, no, I have, if you're going to get as far as I have a friend who has a doctorate in philosophy uh, yeah. and her brother is a, a doctor and he never lets her forget that she's not a real doctor. She's <laughs> like, I mean, well, I, am. I worked hard for that. <laughs> I did, yeah, yeah. Well, if you're going to, if you're a consultant, that's the equivalent, because you do, you have to present research and you have to go. I mean, you have to jump through a lot of hoops to become a consultant. Right. And, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Because did you do your PhD on? It was child singers that you focused on for that, was it? Yeah. 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 Yeah, their health and well-being. Yeah. So now. The work that you're doing now is not specifically just for children, though, is it? It's it's focal health in general. So um, talk to us a little bit about what you've been build this empire you're building, which is fantastic. Um, an empire sounds a little <laughs> bit like a a power crazy. <laughs> um, no. <laughs> Well, it's growing, My, though, isn't it? You you started mm -hmm. with one course, and now there's several. So, tell us yeah, about them. Yes. Well, I wanted to be able to provide training for people to do what I do, and I had a lot of singing teachers getting in touch and saying, "How do I go about becoming a rehab specialist?" And so, I that was it. Really looked into all the 
pathways and the different things on offer and what I thought you needed. And then I got onto calls with dozens of other people all over the world who are rehab specialists saying, what do you think is needed? You know, tying it in with clinical knowledge as well as uh, knowledge of the, of the, um, the world that we are in, you know, the working world. And it came up with something that is pretty good, actually. I think it's a pretty, pretty robust training. And mm. people who look at the course and look at the end, you know, they think, oh, yes, I want to do some rehab. And then they realize that it's going to be a couple of years of training. And, you know, that's, that's a little bit daunting. But actually, if you're mm. going to get that, if you, if you're going to be that specialist, that's what it takes. So that's why There's there are different levels. Yeah, there is an mm. awful lot to learn. That's why there are different levels of of training that we've got on offer. So we've got the 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 vocal health first aid, and I was going to say the basic level. Actually, basic it 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 belittles it. In fact, it's still a pretty good course. It's robust and detailed, and there's a lot in it. And that that's the the first step, and that is actually pretty good for nearly everybody. Mm. It gives you a very good idea of what you're looking at in order to help people with voice problems, to direct them to where they need to go, to give a bit of basic advice. Do you know what? I think you could probably be fine if you just take a night off or just take it easy for a bit or, you know, mark this rehearsal and then tomorrow see where you are. That sort of advice that is very useful to have somebody else helping you with when you're a performer. Absolutely. Um, it's always good as a teacher to know when to, to refer, when's when the time refer. to refer them on and yeah. when's yeah. it okay for me to carry on working with them. Mm. Yeah. And the, the idea of it being um, a huge organization We've, it's now got to the stage where we are thinking this is this is so big and this is so important and we could do so much here that we are looking into um, turning it into a charity. Oh, so wow. vocal health education will become a charity, which means that we will be doing a lot more. We're, we're looking at providing packages for NHS trusts to use for their speech therapy departments, you know, giving them some of our films. We're looking at providing packages for schools to have for their teachers, for their music teachers who, you know, with the best will in the world may not have had the kind of training in looking no. after voices that, that mm. would be really helpful. So this is where we're going now we've sort of got the top of the pyramid in in sight and we've got people heading towards that we've got our first set of people coming up to get their their final qualifications now we're broadening the base and making it much wider and more useful really i, I so think that's really exciting. important uh, even mm. you know education of gps is is a, a big one because oftentimes you know they're not trained in that i mean they can't be a specialist in everything can they they are yeah. a general practitioner so they only have that general understanding um and you know i have had students before that have gone to the gp and the gps told them to go ah oh, and let me have a look like well, well <laughs> I, yeah. I don't think you're going to see it like that. <laughs> no. Uh, well, it's all right and to they, me. Off you go. <laughs> you're like, no. You don't have time either. Well, you know, if somebody's it, yes. got a sore throat or a, or a husky voice, it takes, when I'm taking a history from somebody and, and trying to, you know, unpick what's going on, it'd take me 45 minutes yeah. of chatting to them and observing them and knowing exactly what questions to ask and how to take the questioning because I've done it a thousand times before, mm -hmm. it still takes an awful lot of time. 
because there is so much else that's impacting on our voices. So, you know, you can't expect a GP to know that. No. You absolutely can't. It's totally unreasonable. They're doing a difficult enough job as it is. Absolutely. They're doing it, yeah, in very difficult circumstances. So don't bash yeah. the GPs. <laughs> oh, no, we're not bashing them, I promise. <laughs> no. <laughs> But I, no. but all those resources that you're talking about, I'm just thinking it would be amazing for GPs to have like a handbook that they could just open up and go, oh, hang yeah. on, you're ticking these boxes. Let me refer you on to the ENT. Mm. Yeah. You know, yeah. Just something a little Online bit more specialist. They can pull that off the shelf and go, right, this is the, this is the pathway for you. Yeah. Even for school teachers. I mean, you know, I've had couple of school teachers over my career as a teacher come in with voice problems because they're desperate and don't know what to do. You know, their voices are exhausted. They've had nodules, polyps, and they just don't have the resources to understand how to keep their voices healthy in that environment. No, no. And because we don't necessarily listen to the warning signs mm. um, and teachers will keep going. They're troopers. They don't want to let their colleagues down. They mm. don't want to let their their students down. Um, they they will do everything they can to carry on doing the job. And so, just saying, actually, no, I've, I've I'm going to have to be quiet today because my voice is really tired. Or um, knowing how to how to pace a lesson so that you are. Using your voice, resting your voice, using your voice, resting your voice. Just knowing that sort of pattern can be really useful mm-hmm. because the teacher doesn't have to talk all the time. Actually, it's much more effective if the teacher isn't talking all the time. Okay. Yes. I find they're very reluctant to use amplification as well. Oh, I like, know. And, and it would be so, so much easier on them if they did. I know. And I found this, I did a talk to a bunch of swimming teachers actually just before Christmas because they oh. were like, right, our swimming teachers are constantly losing their voice. And a lot of the suggestions I was making, like, you know, amplification would be incredibly useful. They were, it was an immediate kind of, oh, we can't do that. Oh, we can't do that. Um, you know, a lot of the solutions that would help them that I felt they were quite reluctant to. It's and interesting, like, isn't it? Mm, I know. Whereas yeah, I was the dude seen... stood there with a headset on because I'm talking <laughs> to a room full of people. And if I'm talking then... to a room full of people, I want amplification. Mm. This mm. happens a lot at conferences uh, when they provide amplification and you'll get the the um, old-fashioned singing teacher saying, I don't need amplification. I can raise my voice. I can project my voice. And you just go, oh, <laughs> Yes, I know you can, but I don't want you, you don't to shout to. at me for the next half an hour. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I would much rather have conversational speech mm-hmm. that is amplified mm-hmm. rather than Shakespearean shouting. Right. <laughs> you know? Yes. <laughs> oh, and it was brilliant. one of the problems when everyone started doing online teaching was that they were shouting mm. at the, the screen because their brain was saying, that person's in another room. Mm-hmm. I've got to shout at them. Yes. And just saying, and, and, actually, no. Well, see, when I first taught online, my issue was that I bought myself the snazziest set of headphones you could find. And it took a while for me to realize that the reason my voice was feeling tired at the end of the day was because I wasn't able to hear myself properly. So I was constantly raising my voice so that I could hear me. And as soon as I ditched the earphones, it was a lot easier. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, we learn. We learn. So amplification is, is actually just being very clever and resourceful. I think so. And yeah, and there are times when I think you could insist on it. So do you find yourself working primarily on these courses or do you still actually work with singers yourself in in private practice? I'm doing 
uh, a fair amount of one-to-one work as a rehab specialist. Um, hardly any singing lessons now. Okay. I do, I do occasionally, um, and it's lovely working on repertoire. But mm-hmm. most of my work is working with singers who have either who come to me with problems or who come post-operative or who've been referred from um, speech therapists or from consultants. And do you tend to find that you see trends in the people that come to you? You know, like are there, can you kind of connect the dots between like holiday season and then post-holiday season problems in singers kind of thing? Or is it just general problems that you see? Ooh. Um, (laughs) that's difficult because everyone is different, but also there are patterns. Everyone is a human and humans have, have patterns of behavior and, um, the, the trends that I am becoming more and more aware of are in fact links to do with the state of mind and state of voice. Okay. And how important it is for us to be aware of the impact of people's mental health, levels of anxiety, external pressures, history, patterns of behavior, the way they Mm. respond, how they uh exist in their families you know a lot of people say i thought i had all this sorted and then i went back to my family for christmas and all this stuff started and then you realize that you've you've existed in these patterns of behavior and the games that people play with each other and, and the the stresses that puts on your whole being and so those are those are trends, I would say, but that's just that's the, the being human thing. Mm. And the, I think this is why it's so important when we're training to be teachers or to be uh, rehab specialists that we do take into account this whole person thing that we actually study the impact of mental health on voice why why those links are so important yeah i think there's a lot of research yet to be done in that field isn't there oh i mean there's so much so much we don't know Mm. so much we don't know and just unlocking the links okay i was working just before coming on and chatting to you guys i was working with a singer who's been having you know muscle tension dysphonia that's the that's the the sort of coverall term <laughs> yeah it's basically anything that doesn't fit any of the other categories mm-hmm. when everything's got in a bit of a tangle and mm. you're in a bit of a pickle and things are more difficult than they should be and this has been with with this particular singer it's a journey of realizing what was going on in her relationship was impacting her voice. What had happened in her family history was impacting the way that she was behaving in her relationship, which is the way that she was behaving physically and holding and then resenting. And when she was performing, these problems were coming up in performing. And there's this huge tangle that was presenting as jaw tension. Hmm. But when hmm. you start unraveling and playing about, so today we were playing with uh, a lot of, of awareness of John and observing, and I kept saying, don't judge, just observe. Just just be aware of what's going on. Don't try and fix anything. Don't beat yourself up about it. Just notice. Notice things. Notice when that releases, when it doesn't. Let's try squatting and singing because everything is in a very different alignment. Uh, Let's try bending over and singing. Let's try all this different, you know, tongue out, tongue in, 
so many different and it's just playing games mm-hmm. it's just playing about but there were so many times when we were noticing a link and she would suddenly start crying I said I don't know why I'm crying something was mm. you know and that happens it. all the time mm. that happens happens a lot um because things un- unlock and un- and then you just hold the space for a bit, say, it's okay. Um, notice those feelings, notice what it's doing. And I just said at one point, I said, do you know, I haven't a clue what we're doing here. I really don't know. I'm just playing about. We are making progress. You're learning about you and your voice and what's going on. You're feeling much happier about your singing. But I have to be honest, I don't really know why this is working. <laughs> well, at least you're honest. <laughs> yeah. I said I could make something up. You know, I was going to say, you could have taken, taken full credit for that. I knew exactly <laughs> what I was doing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, why, why when she was squatting, she was tightening her bum and why that was tightening her jaw. And, you know, and like I said, I could, I could make something up. I could invent a theory about being either end of your digestive tract or about lines of connection through the fascia from, you know, blah, blah, blah. But actually, who you knows? Know, it is what it is. Mm. Notice it. See what happens when you do it differently. Mm-hmm. So do you find you, you end up turning into a counsellor? half the time then so you're kind of sounding out you know what's going on in their life and helping them resolve well, things this is one this is one of the difficulties because i'm not a counselor and i have to be very very careful if i sense something not to ask certain questions mm. um the singer a couple of weeks ago who uh, I was at, because I am trained to do a little bit of manual therapy and I put my hands very gently on her larynx and she turned her head from side to side. And as she did so, she suddenly panicked and said, I feel like I'm being strangled. And I was literally just touching. And, and then she burst into tears and uh, was unable to open her jaw and and I you know to me that's suggesting gosh you know could be some kind of abuse early on mm-hmm. could be pre-verbal abuse which is why she doesn't remember it you know I'm not opening that one up I'm not no. I'm absolutely <clears throat> not going there but it's really important that I know those responses can be linked to that so that mm. I know not yeah. to go there. And I know to say, don't worry about these things. They may be linked to something that happened to you at some point. This is another reason why it might be great to go and get some talking therapy. Mm-hmm. Refer on. And then refer so you on. have to know enough to know when to refer and how to refer. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a very important distinction to make. Yeah, yeah. Otherwise, it's so tempting to go and save people, isn't it? Mm. Oh, yeah. And you can't help yourself sometimes, especially, you know, if you've got a regular client that you're seeing, you know, quite often, you do feel quite bonded to them. And it Mm. can be, you know, easy to slip into, I'll just be your friend for a minute and listen to you. But there has to be that professional line, I feel where you you don't cross over there Mm. yeah and a lot of my my regular students are friends you know they're Mm -hmm. colleagues they're people who i've worked with people who are my age who we share a lot in common and and i have to be very bounded and Mm. if we if we start to chat i just say i just i just state it and say look we're just chatting now are you happy to add on another 10 minutes at the end of your lesson in lieu of the chatting or should we just get back to singing now (laughs) you know uh so that it's always honest 
and mm. and boundaried. Mm. If in doubt, shall we do some singing now? <laughs> yeah. <That's right. laughs> yes. That was a good Let's one. do some singing. Shall Let's we sing. sing that again? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. So, Ginevra, if people want to find out kind of more about these, the courses, the vocal rehab and things that you were mentioning, where could people find this information? The best place to go, to be honest, is to my website, okay. which is ginevrawilliams.com. Because if you go there, you'll find out more about me and what I'm up to. You'll also have access into the courses that I do on teaching children's voices on uh, I've also got online courses for teachers starting out for choral directors okay giving the sort of information that is is really tailored for them um, and you can get links through to the vocal health education website where you've got all of this stuff about vocal health and rehabilitation. Uh, there's links to the BAPAM website, which is the British Association of Performing Arts Medicine, who I work for. And anybody wanting or feeling that they need rehab and worrying that they can't afford it can go through BAPAM to get funding from Help Musician UK. Wow, which is okay. a wonderful resource for people, for professional singers whose ability to earn is seriously compromised by their vocal health issues. And it's That's really, great. really important that, that we have that. Yeah. Yeah, it's excellent. Yeah. Yeah. So there's all of these links. Um, the Voice Care Centre is another link there. So I work with them, for them. Uh, that's a team of specialists. So we've got manual therapists, we've got talking therapists, we've got osteo, we've got physios, we've got nutrition specialists, we've got uh, exercise specialists, we've got the whole lot in the team. And so we all work together to make sure each individual is looked after. That's great. Wow. So we will make sure that we put that in the show notes so that people can access that because that sounds like an amazing resource to have. Absolutely. And there's Fantastic. lots of free stuff on my website as well. Lots of articles. Oh, we love free there. stuff. Yeah. Free, absolutely. <laughs> and YouTube. Oh, my goodness, my YouTube channel, my running commentaries. I started those during lockdown. And oh, okay. um, there's um, 38 of them now, I think, 38 short films all about different different things that will pop up in my head um often when i was running which is why they're called my running commentaries and some of them are filmed when i'm running out and oh. about I love yeah it. looking a little bit a little bit hot and sweaty but you know <laughs> <laughs> it's when my ideas happen it's when Absolutely. the you know mm. the creative stuff is when you're when you're out out in nature isn't it yeah absolutely yeah, I've heard busy, many but people not say that busy. about running. Mm. Yeah, normally well, we will make running, sure. I'm thinking, when will this stop? How <laughs> 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 oh. much longer? Have I burnt off a Mars bar yet? That's generally what goes through my head if I go running. Oh, it's quite a lot of running to burn off a Mars bar. <laughs> no, oh, yeah. a lot, isn't it? It's <laughs> <laughs> <Religion> an <laughs> injustice. I know, and you get to it and you think, actually, no, it's not worth it. It's really exactly. not worth it. No, no, just leave leave out the Mars bars. They're no good for you, Heather. You really oh, are. Oh, I know. Oh, I know. Yes. <laughs> I'm being good at the moment. I was telling Tom earlier, I'm being good at the moment. I resisted biscuits at the weekend and that that's that's quite good for me. See? <laughs> it's it's junk food. I mean, I know, you know, we get we get preached at a lot, but really anything that is pre prepared It's addictive. Is not good for you. Mm. No. Yeah. White yeah. bread. It's my downfall. White bread. Oof. <laughs> <laughs> not bad. There's white bread in the house. I'm a sucker. It's like crack coated cane. Wow. <laughs> Addicted. But anyway, I, mean, I do have. I, 
I do have my sins as well, I must say. But mm -hmm. I'm not going to tell you what they are. Oh, I was going to say, <laughs> we're, all, we're all desperate to know now. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Well, listen, it's been lovely chatting to you and thank you for sharing everything with us today. And um, we will make sure that all those links that you gave are in the show notes so people can follow you and find out more information and get in touch with you if they're interested. But they thank you can. for your, your webinar that you did as well. That was really, really great. And thank you for joining us for this chat today. Thank, thank you, you both very, very much. Lovely to have a chat. So that was the lovely Ginevra and like I say we had a lovely time chatting with her and okay. uh, it's always nice to pick people's brains like that when they've got so many kind of real specialist interests uh, you know gain an awful lot of insight into how they work and what they're doing and that sort of thing it's yeah it's great hopefully those of you listening at home will have gleaned something really useful and valuable from that conversation I know I did. She's another one of those people that's so generous with their time and knowledge, you know, just willing to chat for long times about various, you know, different subjects. And I kind of find it interesting because I don't actually work with kids. Like I've always had a, a kind of policy not to work with anybody under 14. Oh, really? Yeah, I don't work with oh, children. Wow. Um, but so I do find it interesting just like knowing, having that knowledge in the back of your head because you never know what might happen one day or what you're called on to work upon. So yeah, I found it really interesting as somebody that doesn't work with kids, you know? Yeah, I see. I, I pretty much started off my teaching career working almost exclusively with kids uh. in mostly group scenarios. So little kind of Saturday theater schools and stuff needed a singing teacher. And that's kind of how I got into teaching was I blagged my way a job. <laughs> <laughs> no idea what I was doing but I was good at jumping around in front of a bunch of kids and looking lively and, and getting them to have a good time. So yeah, a lot of my work was surrounded by kids to begin with. And I still will, you know, I don't say I don't work with children, although the majority of children who come to our studios come to uh, end up booking with one of our other teachers, yeah. um, which is probably more of a budget thing to be honest. Yeah. But I do have one or two kids that I teach. Um, I have one like six year old, who I absolutely adore and he's brilliant and uh, we just have the best time in lessons. So I'm, all, you know, I'm all for, you know, playing, you know, and getting youngsters to sing as much as we can. Um, and yeah, and understanding kind of what, what is good for their voice and what you need to avoid. And that kind of thing mm. is, is quite important when you are working with children. So yeah, if you, if you weren't there and you weren't watching Ginevra's, class you can still go back and and purchase it retrospectively can't you tom can indeed yes on our website vocaladvancement.com you can find it and if you mention uh the code idea podcast and we'll pop that in the description you can get five dollars off the price of the recording bob yeah i would recommend it for anyone who's working with children it's really useful to have that grounding and just make sure that you know you know that you're doing everything that you can do to make sure that everything's safe and and the voice is being looked after yeah the only the only um kid i've ever worked with was i had only been teaching for about three years i think and i got an email from this kid's mum, and she was desperate for me to see her daughter for a lesson and I was like oh I don't really work with kids you know she's like please she's like even if it's just for 50 minutes we just they were on holiday there was karaoke you know like in the hotel and the little girl had got up to sing and a professional singer had came up and said you know you need to get her into lessons there's something special there and so they were desperate to find somebody to give her lessons nice. so I was like okay well come along we'll do like a 20 minute lesson and see how we get on and um she was lovely, like very professional for a seven-year-old. And so we worked together for like 12 years after that. Coached her Amazing. hundreds of shows, performances, mm -hmm. recordings, the works. And now she's in stage school in London doing stuff. And so it's like she has a very Amazing. bright future ahead of her. I love it. I love it. I mean, there are. There's some ridiculous talent. But oh. I was... I'm gonna I'm gonna drop in my TikTok here. So I did a reaction video <laughs> on my TikTok just the other day um, to this. I mean, it's a TV show in the Philippines, and there are these young boys oh, singing mm. 
Beyonce. And they are just unbelievable. Is it I three mean, boys that sing together? Yeah, they, yeah. It's, like, it's like a bit of a battle. They all take turns. Yeah, but every them. single one of them are unbelievable. Yeah. Like, they totally outsing me. Easy. Just ridiculous. And I'm just looking at it and I was like, yeah, it should be illegal to be that talented, quite frankly. Especially that age. <laughs> so <cool>. jealous. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I did not sound like that when I was a kid. Not at one bit. I've, I have seen those. They've come up in um, Instagram, either Instagram or YouTube, the clips of the three of them singing Beyonce. Yes. And then um, what's the other song they were singing? Something, another really big song that's like big on social media. They were singing. I just like, that's criminal. Like so even just the musicality of them. Totally, totally. The attitude, the vocal. Yeah. If you haven't seen it, go find that video because it's, it's phenomenal. Yeah. We'll put a link in the, the show notes so yeah. you can watch it. But yeah, I have seen them. There's low, that's that's kind of one of the things I love about social media nowadays, though, is like you get access to all these people that you probably would never, ever have come across, you know, just flicking through videos and this singer comes on and just blows your mind and you're just left speechless. It's, totally. I love doing that. It's stuck in a YouTube loop. Like, oh, I know. Ooh. I see, I get stuck on TikTok. <laughs> I need some tool for TikTok. Now that, now that everybody's <laughs> made me go on TikTok, now I'm just on there all the frigging time. <laughs> I'm a YouTube boy, I'm afraid. I'm Although most people I'm post a TikTok convert. I mean, it's mostly the same videos. I find that if when I do it between Instagram and YouTube, I'm seeing the same things just on. Yeah, you know. absolutely. <laughs> and then again on, you know, Facebook and yeah, everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> I had um, I was looking. I don't know why the song. You know the song "Crazy" by Seal. Yes, it's like I know song that, that came into my head the other day. I think it was a question on Pointless Quiz Show. So I went looking for the song on YouTube and a cover by Tori Kelly came up. She was doing like the, going to a radio station, doing an interview and then they sing live. And she did this cover and I sat and watched it like three times in a row. And it was just, it was just amazing. And I was just like, wow. I love it. Oh, we have just, to look that one up now. Oh, it's such a, you know how some people say covers and they make it sound like it was their song that was written for them. Like, totally. Just did mm. that to, I'm just like, wow. That's, I think that in itself is a skill to take a cover and make it sound like it was written for you. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, um, it's so easy just to follow the original artist and add a little running riff, but this is just really nice. Really, really good. Yeah, totally looking that up in a minute. Yeah, it's a good cover. We'll put a link to that in the show notes as well. <laughs> yeah, let's do that. You can check it all out. Yeah, and then leave us a message on our social media or something. Let us know what you think of these videos, the boys in the Philippines, Philippines and then Tori Kelly's mm -hmm. cover. Yeah, do. She's a very so, talented um, young lady. Who have we got coming up on our next podcast episode? Well, Don't... next podcast episode is a really interesting one as well. We're taking a different spin this time. We're, we're diving into the world of performing singing teachers next time with the lovely Gerald White from LA. Mm -hmm. And Gerald has done so many things in the world. He is a session singer in LA and a voice teacher of like 15, 20 years, I think, 20 plus years, I think he said. Yeah. And I mean, he's done so much stuff from Family Guy to Hans Zimmer, Star Wars, recording for Disney, recording for TV shows, albums. What, like, and he's so lovely. He is. <laughs> he's such so a nice lovely. guy. And he's got the most gorgeous voice. Honestly, mm -hmm. I could listen to him sing all day long. He is phenomenal. Yeah. Yes. I, I have a, a fun story to share about him singing for our next episode. Oh, okay. We'll, we'll, leave, we'll leave that as yeah. bait to, to listen in for next yeah. So if people want to make sure they don't miss the next episode, mm. what do they need to do, Tom? So you need to go to wherever you find your podcasts and search for the Vocal Advancement Podcast, and you will find us there. So subscribe so that you can kind of follow along when the next episode comes out. Or if you want to, you can watch us and our shenanigans on YouTube as we do release this as a video podcast as well. So you can find it on our YouTube channel by searching for Vocal Advancement Podcast as well. And Wonderful. you can follow along and you can find all the links to the videos that we were talking about and any video uh, links for uh, Ginevra's websites and things as well. We'll be all in the show notes. Wonderful. Yeah. Well, thank you, everybody, for listening in today, as always. Enjoying our little journey through the world of voice. Yeah. And if there's anything you want us to chat about, anything you mm. think we should be uh, mentioning, 
get in touch. Tell us. Yeah. There's or... a video you think we ought to be watching. Let us know. Oh, we could do. We could watch some videos and do some reactions in the podcast. Yeah. Oh, that would be fun. Yeah. I'd like, yeah. Okay. So totally. get in touch. Let us know who we should be watching or anybody wants to interview or um, any topics to cover. Drop us an totally. email or support at vocaladvancement.com or drop us a message on social media. Absolutely. And if you want more information about any of our classes, our guest speakers, our conference, our uh, teach training, just go check out the website. Yeah, we've got some really good speakers coming up for the rest of our webinar program for this year. We're just finalizing it now. We're up to July and there's some really nice, good names on that list. So there's exciting stuff coming. Fantastic. Okay. So we'll see you next time. Take care.